You are listening to the Supermama's Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 163. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 163. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, Superbobs, Pura Vida. I hope that you are enjoying this Enneagram series. I am enjoying the deep dive, as my son says, going down the rabbit hole of learning something new and just seeing the world through a different pair of glasses has been really fun and fascinating. And just a reminder that the Enneagram types is not your essence, like the, the essence of who you are. This is about our ego and our personality. And this forms by both nature and nurture. So it's not like exclusively one or the other. But if you're wondering why you don't feel like yourself or you feel sort of like you lost yourself through parenting, this is a really good way to find the path back to you so that you can feel like you again by understanding your Enneagram type. But of course, I always love when we can use any tools to help understand the people in our lives better, whether it's our kids, our partners, our family members and coworkers. When we understand what their frame of reference is and what their core desires and fears and motivations are, then we can peacefully coexist with them much better. So today we're going to talk about the Enneagram type four. This personality is known as the individualist or the romantic. The type four is the most sensitive, creative, introspective, and unique of the Enneagram types. Fours crave authenticity and unique creative expression. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the fours, their core fears and desires, what trips moms up, who it might be Enneagram fours, what might get in their way from feeling kind of at peace and whole. And then we'll give some tips at the end on the small action steps you can take today to give you more balance. So type fours possess a rich inner world. They often have a unique artistic sensibility. They're drawn to creative pursuits such as writing, music, art, or other forms of self-expression. I'm thinking of the fours that I know of that I watched grow up and one of the fours in my life would change outfits like every two hours during her childhood. And she'd go into her room and she'd come out in a totally different outfit, different hairdos, different makeup, different expressions of herself. So fours really can have very unique expressions of themselves and really want to uh, communicate their individuality and their uniqueness. Fours have a keen awareness of their emotions and are often highly empathetic towards others. Their ability to feel deeply allows them to connect with the emotional experiences of those around them. 
Glennon Doyle is a type four. If you've listened to her podcast, We Can Do Hard Things or read her books, she talks about when she went into therapy at like the age of 16 or something, and she sat in a therapy circle. She was like, oh, finally, people are speaking the truth that the the sort of raw, real, negative emotions seem to have more authenticity to them than the sort of light, superficial, everything's fine kind of emotions. So these fours value authenticity and genuineness, striving to live in alignment with their true selves. They're often unafraid to embrace their quirks, their eccentricities, and their vulnerabilities. They have found a natural inclination towards introspection and self-reflection, which can lead to profound insights and personal growth, right? This ability to sort of look inward, write in one's journal, really sort of uh, go deep in like, who am I and what is my unique perception in the world? And sometimes that gets communicated through art or through writing or through music, Type fours are empathetic and compassionate towards others' emotional struggles. They make excellent therapists. They have a knack for understanding and validating the feelings of those around them. Fours have a deep appreciation for beauty in all its forms, whether it's found in art, nature, or human experiences. Type fours can be prone to experiencing these intense emotional highs and lows, sometimes struggling with feelings of sadness, longing, or melancholy. So more than any other type, fours are sort of prone towards melancholy or mood swings. They may indulge in self-pity or self-absorption, becoming preoccupied with their own emotional experience at the expense of others' needs or perspectives. I'm starting to smile because I'm thinking of another Enneagram 4, who the way I described it was his own emotions speak so loudly inside of him that there's not room for anybody else's emotional experiences. So that could happen to a four. Uh, Fours may romanticize the past or fantasize about an idealized future, sometimes struggling to engage with the present moment because they sort of can feel really nostalgic about the past or sort of idealize this future with a perfect picture in their mind. They may fear rejection or abandonment due to their perceived differences or quirks, leading them to withdraw or isolate themselves from others. So with friendships or relationships, a four might go all in and be your best friend and communicate every day and be really, really close. And then just sort of one day disappear, withdraw, and withdraw that communication. And then a year later, show up again and want to be your best friend again. So this sort of push and pull back and forth yo-yo relationship style can be common amongst fours. Fours, like many of us, may struggle with feelings of envy or comparison, longing for what they perceive others to have or be. This can sometimes lead to a sense of dissatisfaction or discontentment, and this is especially fueled by social media because everyone looks like they've got their act together and this idealistic life, so fours are sort of extra susceptible to that. And then also a difficulty with criticism. Fours can can take criticism personally, feeling deeply wounded by even constructive feedback. So this sensitive nature can make them more vulnerable to rejection or perceived slights. Now, you (laughs) you might have something ringing in your ear and thinking, didn't Tori just talk about a sensitivity 
to rejection and difficulty with criticism for the last three types, the Enneagram ones, twos, threes, and fours, I would say, yes, we all have a difficulty. All of these types have a difficulty with constructive feedback and a sensitivity to criticism. So as we move into the five, sixes, sevens, and eights, that will change. So understanding the strengths and weaknesses can help type fours navigate their personal growth journey, right? And cultivate more balanced and fulfilling lives so we can kind of like figure out how can I feel like me, but like the healthiest, most balanced, fulfilled version of me? So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Beth. Beth was a loving and devoted mom. Now I've changed her name as I have in all of these podcasts, but one of those moms that I envy because she was always coming up with fun and creative ways to play with her kids. She made up stories and dressed up in costumes and acted out skits. She played music and encouraged spontaneous sing-alongs and dance parties. Like, she celebrated the holidays, like the minor holidays with like St. Patrick's Day with pulling pranks on her kids and just so unique in the gifts she gave them and just really like tuning into who they were. Like she was the kind of mom that I felt like a better mom just being around her because I could just absorb her. She was so fun and creative and really seemed to enjoy having her kids around. Where for me, I felt like depleted having my kids around. So her kids got this opportunity to travel for a month with their grandparents. And she was super excited for them. She was also excited for herself. She had sort of, uh, I'll say, high aspirations for all of the things she would accomplish while they were gone, right? She was going to exercise and clean out closets and delve into her creative art projects and all of these things she wanted to do. But as soon as they were gone, she sort of lost herself. Her idealized plans for productivity quickly spiraled into feelings of inadequacy and despair. Hours and hours of time spent inside her head connected her with her melancholy and her inner critic. She realized how much having kids around sort of helped pull her outside of herself. That even though she idealized having alone time and knew she needed it, Once she got it, it was like too much of a good thing. And this month of melancholy made her start fearing her kids' growing independence. She loved having her kids around, but she didn't want to be clinging to their ankles as they went off to college, right? It sort of scared her for her future. And so Beth started uh, decided to start a savings account for herself alongside the kid's college savings. So she had tuition saving for one kid, tuition saving for another kid, and then a savings account for mom's sanity plan. So that once her kids started growing in independence, then she could hire a life coach to help her design kind of an emptiness strategy because she realized that the kids having, it wasn't just their them being around, but the fact that the kids had places to go, needs to be met, sort of anchored her to the external world 
And when she wasn't anchored to the external world because they got older and they got their driver's licenses and they were managing themselves, that she sort of could spiral into her inner world. And one thing with the fours is that they can sort of identify with their emotions. They believe the thoughts in their head. They identify with the feelings in their body. And sometimes they can sort of get swallowed up by that. And so having this external anchor where someone else needs me and someone else has obligations and those obligations are external and outside of the house can be sort of a lifeline for parents. And so if you are an Enneagram 4 and your kids have not left the nest yet, I'm giving you this example for you because it's just so helpful to realize how valuable kids can be to sort of anchoring the four to the external world. So Enneagram fours rarely need help feeling their feelings. They're pretty connected. They need help taking action despite their feelings. So the core fear for the Enneagram four is having no identity or significant impact on the world. Okay, parents, if you have an Enneagram type four child, You cannot motivate them by saying, but everybody else is doing it this way, or don't you want to fit in, or all of those ways we might try to get our kids to motivate them are not going to work with an Enneagram type four, okay? So they fear having no identity, you know, unique identity, and no significant impact on the world. The core desire for the four is to find their own sense of identity and authenticity, right? They long to be seen and understood for who they truly are, valuing beauty, self-expression, and individuality above conformity. You cannot motivate a four with conformity. So the core motivation for the Enneagram Type 4 is this quest, this quest for self-discovery and self-expression. They seek to explore their inner worlds and emotions deeply, often using creative outlets to articulate their unique perspectives and experiences. So type fours tend to love therapy because that journey, that quest for self-discovery is life-giving to them. I'm going to tell you about Angelica. She had an open, loving, and supportive relationship with her kids. She had no problem adjusting to her child who identified as non-binary. That was an easy transition for her. She encouraged all of her kids to express themselves in a way that felt most authentic to them. She encouraged new and unique and creative outfits, different hair colors, artistic pursuits, expressions of beauty. These were all highly valued in her home. But when one of her children wanted to attend Christian Sunday school with their friends, Angelica felt like her values were being rejected. She viewed it as a desire to conform to peer pressure, making Angelica was making it mean that she had made the wrong decision in choosing where to raise her kids. She's like, well, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have brought them up in this community because here they are wanting to conform instead of wanting to express their uniqueness. So when her other child wanted to go out for cheerleading, she believed she had completely failed as a mother. (laughs) Now, I just realized 
if it was her son who wanted to go out for cheerleading, she probably would have been on board with it. But because it was her daughter who wanted to go for cheerleading, she's like, I am a failure. So the fours tend to blame themselves when their kids don't live up to expectations. They can have idealized pictures of what life can and should be like and compare themselves to these idealized images that are even inside their own head criticizing themselves harshly when the reality doesn't match up with the vision. So Angelica and I worked on letting go of these perfect pictures and used her love of spontaneity to live in the present moment and meet her kids where they were each day. Instead of thinking she had failed, Angelica viewed her kids' interests as trying on new outfits to see which one fit. (laughs) She was much more comfortable with this idea of expressing themselves creatively rather than her mind, which was sort of futurizing and catastrophizing and blaming herself. The more she learned about her kids' personalities and who they were separate from her identity, right? Like kind of understanding, well, what is, what's your child's Enneagram type and what is your Enneagram type and how those things might be different Then the less rejected she felt. Because a lot of times Enneagram fours can take, they can take it personally when their kids reject their values, they feel like they've been rejected themselves. So Uh, The type four personality loves the deep and personal relationships they form with their kids, and it can be a struggle when kids want to pull away and individuate. Okay, here's three questions to help you identify if you might be a type four. When you feel something strongly, do you hold on to your emotions intensely for long periods of time, constantly replaying your thoughts, feelings, and sensations? If so, you might be a four. (laughs) Number two, Do you think of melancholy as sometimes a pleasurable experience? Not depression, but just sort of melancholy, like it feels really genuine and authentic to you. And number three, do you continually search for deep connections with others and feel distraught when these connections become severed? Or you crave those deep connections with others and feel sort of, I want to say like an island. So sort of like lonely or isolated when you don't have deep connections with others. Then you might be a four. So here's some struggles that type four personalities might face as parents. So when fours become moms, they're usually devoted and loving and so tuned in, emotionally available. It's a great parenting type. (laughs) But sometimes what can happen is the intensity of the emotions can be a struggle. So type fours are highly attuned to their emotions and they may experience intense feelings on a regular basis. This emotional depth can sometimes be overwhelming for them and may make it challenging to regulate their emotions, especially in high-stress parenting situations. Number two, this tendency towards melancholy. Fours are prone to experiencing periods of sadness or melancholy, which can affect their parenting style. They may struggle to maintain a positive and upbeat atmosphere in the home, especially during challenging times. Number three, 
A focus on authenticity, right? Authenticity is crucial for type fours and they may prioritize being true to themselves above everything else. This focus on authenticity may clash with societal norms or expectations around parenting, leading to feelings of isolation or alienation. I haven't experienced this yet as a life coach. I've coached many fours, but I, you know, I, I coach super moms, right? <laughs> Who sort of like go all in. And sometimes the societal norms and expectations don't tend to bother the fours, but sometimes if the kids aren't on board with it, they can create a struggle. So anyways, next one, number four is comparison with idealized images. Fours often compare themselves to idealized images of what they believe they should be. As parents, they may struggle with feelings of inadequacy or self-doubt if they perceive themselves themselves as falling short of their own expectations. So we talked about that. I think we all deal with that, but fours especially. And number five, a difficulty with routine. Type fours may resist or struggle with routines and structure, preferring spontaneity and flexibility, which is why they make such fun parents, but sometimes establishing and maintaining consistent routines for their children may require extra effort and patience on their part, especially if they have a child who really thrives with routine. I mean, all kids thrive with routine, but some kids are really routinized and some kids can handle more spontaneity and and fluidity. So it's always makes life easier if you have a match between parent and child, but sometimes we don't. All right, let's talk a little bit about what fours use life coaching for. Fours tend to believe what they feel. When a 13-year-old starts closing their bedroom door for privacy, a four might take it as personal rejection. When a four feels rejected, they think they are being rejected. So life coaching can help depersonalize their kid's behavior by understanding, one, the child's unique personality, and two, typical teenage behavior. The other thing fours use life coaching for is offering a logical, practical outsider's perspective. Asking questions like, are you absolutely sure that thought is true? How would you know if you have ruined your children? (laughs) So sort of questioning these beliefs that the fours have in their head that they really believe and sort of offering alternatives. Like, could the opposite be just as true, if not truer? Like maybe you, could it be true that you haven't ruined your kids? (laughs) So pulling fours out of their negative emotions and into the logical part of their brain is a huge benefit for these emotionally intense fours. Number three, the third thing that we use life coaching for is to help fours find time for creative expression. The demands of motherhood can consume, but especially type fours, who feel and think deeply and intensely, carving out time for themselves is key to helping super moms stay sane in the land of crazy, okay? Alone time, and especially for creative expression. The fourth thing that Enneagram Type 4s use life coaching for is to tame the inner critic. Fours are so hard on themselves. They seem to have an unbalanced perception of reality. So, you know, everybody has a negativity bias where we tend to believe the negative feedback that we receive more than the positive, but the 
fours <laughs> really believe it. So they take the negative as confirmation that something is wrong with them and they embody it with every ounce of their being. And then they quickly reject any positive feedback. So fours sort of lack this effective filter to help them determine whether a negative perception is accurate. So having an outsider offer a balanced perspective is invaluable and sort of like connect them with like, okay, just because you think it, does that make it true? And really learning how to question those negative beliefs that go through our head. Mm, mm, mm. People, if you want to end suffering, we got to work on that inner critic, but especially if you're a four. Okay. The fifth thing that life coaching can help moms with is to help them connect to their growing adolescence without having to constantly engage in deep, meaningful interactions, right? So as when kids are little, there's a lot of deep connection and it's not unspoken. It doesn't even have to be through words. It's just, you know, everything about them and you feel it in your bones and you are one, right? We sort of merge. And then when your child becomes an adolescent, their job is to not be merged, (laughs) to form their own identity separate from you. And so I work with moms to help them feel connected without everything needing to be deep and meaningful. So to sort of let go and trust that that kind of superficial connection is enough. And when you ask them how their day was and they don't answer you, that there's still a connection there to benefit from and how to sort of become the parent that your teenager wants you to be so that your teenager can connect with you and not need to push you away to get some space, okay? All right. And the last thing that life coaching can help fours with is to feel more capable of making things happen and to manifest their dreams rather than feeling like things are happening to them. Fours tend to put off things that feel uninteresting or mundane, allowing small things to pile up, like clutter, for example. So life coaches can help fours create and stick to a plan for accomplishing tasks. We talked a little bit about like taking action despite the emotions rather than waiting for inspiration to show up. And this also falls under that category of like the external world, like finding some kind of structure and external anchor to pull you out of your head, out of your emotions, and then take baby steps and small action, you know, plans towards making things happen. Okay. Small action steps fours can take today to feel more at peace, more whole. Number one, deliberately think positive thoughts about yourself and others. Look in the mirror and say something nice. Then brag about something good you did. This could be to another person, to your life coach, to your partner, to your kids, or to your journal. Okay? Learning to praise yourself is invaluable. And it's something you can do right now, today. Look in the mirror, say something nice. Brag about something you did that's good. Then, once you do it for yourself, select another person to think positively about without making any comparisons to yourself. Okay? This is you filling up your own cup 
and then allowing it to overflow to others because you feel good on the inside and it can pull you outside of yourself and you can start to give that to somebody else, uplifting their energy. Number two small action step to take today is to act from your values instead of your emotions. If you're feeling too emotionally overwhelmed to tackle your to-do list, acknowledge the emotions, but stay in charge of yourself. Ask yourself, which do I value more? Staying in bed because of overwhelming emotions or getting things done despite my emotions? If my kids didn't want to go to school or to dance or soccer because they felt sad, would I suggest they go anyway and hope that the social activity or the physical exercise would help? And so you want to think of what advice do I give my children? That's how I know what I value. If I would tell my kids to do it, then I value that in myself. And then instead of indulging the emotions, indulge the values or obey your values. Okay? Small action steps. Look in the mirror and think positively to yourself. Take action from values instead of emotions. And number three is to prioritize mental clarity and taking care of business. You are wonderful. You are a genius at connecting with your emotions, your creativity, and your empathy. But there are certain aspects of life that benefit from structure. If you find yourself dwelling in negative emotions, focus your attention on structure and on others. So for example, how can addressing this boring task benefit my family? How can me motivating myself to get out of bed or get off my phone and make dinner, how can that benefit others, right? So it's this mental clarity and taking care of business is sometimes food for the soul (laughs) where the Enneagram 4 doesn't see it that way. They see, you know, feeling feelings and and indulging and sort of connecting with themselves as food for the soul. But sometimes putting that aside and taking care of business is actually really good food for the soul. All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening. All you Enneagram 4s out there, I give you big hugs. Your children are so lucky to have you. And if you are raising an Enneagram 4, let me know. How does that show up for you? Are you living with one? Do you have any strategies or coping skills for it? Jump in the Super Mom is Getting Tired Facebook group and let's continue the conversation. I will love you and leave you. Take care. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.